Hello, and welcome to Fantastic Comic Fan. I am your host, R.T. Fleming, and it is my mission to help you find your next digital comic book pick from the golden age to now. I have been reading comic books for over 40 years, and have never lost my passion for comic books. Something I try to pass on to old and new readers. It's Saturday, February 25th, 2023, and this is the first show ever released on a weekend. So it's got to be something special for me to put out a show, and it is something fantastic. As regular listeners know, one of my favorite things to do on the show is promoting Kickstarters. Truthfully, I cannot tell you how many I've covered. I think they're important supporting them is the key to the industry's futures. Tomorrow's big stars often come from these little campaigns. Also, it gives a way for past comics to find new readers. Last year, I brought on Chuck Satterley, who was promoting his Kickstarter for the Bitter Souls Omnibus. It collects the late Norm Brayfield's biggest run on comics outside of his Batman work at DC. You'll find a link to that at the end of the show. It is available still or 100% worth getting if you're a Norm Brayfogel fan. It's a fantastic addition to any collection. Now that brings me to today's show. Today I'm pleased to have on the show Rick Opinger's Kickstarter campaign, G-Men Week. When you support G-Men Comics, this Kickstarter, you're not getting one, but a total of six fantastic comic books. It's a great deal, folks. The agent of the story is FBI Simon M. Kirby, intent about the naming, and it's about the world of G-Man Comics. In his world, all superheroes are registered with the government. Under the Superhero Registration Act, the FBI presses superheroes and the services needed to protect their country. Simon M. Kirby is the man in charge of the FBI's superhero team, of course, the G-Man. It operates in Mission Impossible style, missions where Simon and Curry selects the right agents for each mission. Red is one of those true comic book fans who's shown a lot of stuff in the comic book industry. Some of his accomplishments included being a judge at the Eisner Comic Industry Awards. He's been a freelance writer at Gemstone Publishing, currently editor-in-chief at G-Man Comics and First Comic News. You know, I can actually go on with a bit more. But heads up on the Kickstarter. It ends in a few days, March 1st, and it's worth backing. Unfortunately, getting sick for a few weeks messed up my podcast schedule, and I'm still trying to get a few shows out in a somewhat timely manner. This is one you need to check out. It is a great project. I love having Rick on. He's done other things. I can't wait to try to figure out a way to get him on again. You'll find links to the Kickstarter in the show notes and some links connected to Rick himself. In addition to those show notes, you'll find a link to him, fantastic comic fan. Please, please follow the podcast on social media. And subscribe to the podcast. It's available on almost every major and minor platform. I want the podcast to continue to grow. And as I said before, I want to continue to introduce fans to a different way of covering comic books and discovering comic books also. Now on today's show, hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to the podcast. I have once again another Kickstarter project. As most regular listeners know, I am a big fan of Kickstarters. I cannot even possibly count how many Kickstarters I've covered on the podcast. And this one is going to be part of my Kickstarter week. And I have been taping all throughout the month of January. I am taping with Rick Offenberger on a 15th of 
January. This will probably be going out, I think, somewhere like the 30th, and there'll be a bunch of episodes. Rick, I am so excited to have you on here. We're going to be talking about G-Man Awaken. But first, what I want to know is your comic book origin story. How did you come into comic books and become a lifelong fan? And before you answer that, I did my research. I know exactly who you are. I'm like, man, this guy knows his comic books. Tell us how y'all got started with the comic books. Well, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I I got started as a young child. My uh, father collected comics when he was a kid, and those were all the Golden Age comics. And then when oh, he got a lucky man, card, lucky lucky man, oh. as he, when he got a bad report card, his mother threw them away. Ooh, and a lot of mothers did. I mean, that was common in those days. That's why there aren't so many of them now. And they gave them away to war drives and things like that. So um, when I was little, before I could even read, he'd pick up comic books and read them to me at bedtime. Very and cool. uh, when I start when I started going to Sunday school, he would take me to Sunday school. My mother took care of me during the week, but on uh, on the weekends he'd take me on Sunday. And when he picked me up, we'd stop at Seven Eleven, and I'd get a Slurpee and a comic. Yes, yes. See, I love these origin stories, and you're the, actually the first one that actually talks about the Golden Age comics. It's always funny because uh, depending on the the person, like Spinner Rocks drugstores, and that has people that started collecting. I used to go to my comic shop when I was a kid and picked up, you know, these these black and white. So I just think it's always cool to bring people on to, to talk about, you know, where they started. But you're the first person I've had on who actually talked about getting their big into comic books with Golden Age. Man, I wish I was so lucky back then. But we're going to talk about your Kickstarter. But I want to know a little bit about yourself, what you've done in the comic book world, and just tell the listeners. Well, I was a uh, comic book retailer, and I had a store in Chino Paper Hero Comics, and I was reading on what it took to make the comic store successful and, and where we could stand out. And one of the things they suggested uh, in one of the trade magazines, uh, just for business, was to become an expert in your field, to make your, your business no notable. And so I had, been a, I had been the editor on the school paper, and um, I had gone to law school, and so I decided that I would contact the Comic Buyer's Guide and start writing for them. And so I contacted Don Thompson and I said, you know, I'd like to um, start writing for you. And I'm here in California and I'd like to cover events out here. And I also wrote for the Companion magazine, the Comic Retailer, which was just for retailers. And um, after I started writing for them, um, some of the people, artists, local artists I knew who uh, hadn't really made it big yet had made it big, and so I covered them, and then uh, they formed Image Comics. And Very I cool. covered the birth of Image Comics on Comic Buyer's Day. That is a, wow, you know, and, and a lot of people nowadays don't understand before the time of the internet that the Comic Buyer's Day was this great, fantastic weekly newspaper that everybody read, and that's how you got your news. And I love getting that. I miss that so much. I know you do too. That that went oh, on yeah. like no, that was good. Thirty years, you know, almost 20, 25 years as a weekly uh, newspaper for comic books that everybody got it. Uh, I miss that thing. It was so great. Rick, let us talk yeah. about your Kickstarter campaign. Sure. Because uh, your Kickstarter runs for the whole month of February, the first of yes. twenty eighth, and I was going over it, and instead of me talking about it a little bit, I want you to. Tell everyone about I know I can't give it justice. So you go right ahead. Tell us all sure. about it. Sure. Well, this is going to be our sixth Kickstarter. And so uh, we've got um, six comics, not that the two are related. 
but uh, our, our our premier title, the one we started with, was uh, Simon N. Kirby, the agent. Now, Simon N. Kirby is a play on uh, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby's name, and they were the uh, premier artist and writer team of the Golden Age, and they created Captain America. What else did they agent, do? And, well, well, they did everything. Yeah. They did, yeah, you know, we know all about them, but fans who are not familiar with them, they really got to Google them and look at their research because they are so important to the industry in so many ways. You know, they did romance comics. They both... Oh, they both did stuff into the seventies. Am I correct? Well, yes, they, did, they, did, they ended up doing stuff separately in the seventies. Yeah, um, in, in the golden age, they worked for Marvel until they found out that Marvel was cheating them, and uh, that's an that's an interesting story that relates to Archie Comics, uh, but that's a own its own podcast. Um, and so then uh, they left and they went to DC and they had a huge run at DC, and then they created the romance comics and uh, when. Um, Harvey was looking to get into superheroes after the Golden Age ended, before the Golden Age start, if the Silver Age started. Um, they had written a um, Joe Simon had written a comic called uh, Spider Man for Harvey Comics, and uh, that comic became the Fly at Archie, but part of that also became Spider Man at Marvel. Okay, gotcha. I understand that. And so they they were very instrumental in, uh, in in comics in general. And so when I'm doing a patriotic character, I decided to name the character after uh, Simon and Kirby, uh, which I thought was fun. That, uh, is a, that was a great. That was genius on your part. Did you come up with that all by yourself? Did you? Yes, get, I did. Congratulations. That's okay. Great so plan. now I have two patriotic characters in, in the comic. I've got uh, Simon and Kirby, the agent. And then I've got a secondary uh, patriotic character who is more of a 90s throwback character, uh, Sergeant Flagg, who has his own title as well. And Sergeant Flagg is a 90s style patriotic character. And his name is a Rob McFarlane. Oh, that, I'm, we're, we're not even going to go into discussion because if fans right now don't know who those two are, then I don't know why you're even listening to the podcast or into comic books or anything like that. Now, so, um, so in, in the basis of the universe, um, all the superheroes have to register with the uh, government, and they're deputized by the FBI, and that's why it's G-Man Comics. G-Man is the slang term for uh, FBI agent, and so um, it's run kind of Mission Impossible style. So he picks different agents for uh, different missions, and so you have different uh, superheroes showing up in all the comics. And we have a pledge level where backers can have their character appear in the comic. I waited 30 years from the time I started to make my first comic till it came out. And I don't want fans to have to do the same thing. So one of the pledge levels is you join the G-Men, your character shows up in about two pages, we do a profile picture uh, and uh, you work with our art director and uh, we put you in the handbook and it's that, a Marvel handbook style handbook. That. Is amazing. I want to go back to that in a, in a quick sure. second here, but you're not doing this solo. Who else is involved in this project? Well, there are uh, three of us uh, who are partners in, in G-Man Comics. So it's me, uh, Eric, and Jim. And uh, Eric was help Eric and I were both making mock covers on the internet, just where it was the cover, but no real comic, and just doing blurbs on what we would do if we made the comic. And Eric introduced me to Gilbert. And uh, Gilbert's our art director now. Uh, but Gilbert said, we, we could make an actual comic. And I said, no, we can't. <laughs> and I had been in comics for years. I'd worked for Archie for a decade. 
And I thought, you know, no, no, the, the two of us just can't do this. And uh, Eric was going to let her and Gilbert's going to draw the thing. I'm going to write this. And then uh, Jim came along and said he was going to do production for us. And Jim and I had made some fanzines before. Who's and we Jim worked together. Who's, sorry, who's Jim Burroughs? The name clicks, but I don't remember. Uh, Jim Burroughs is uh, one of my partners in this. And you're thinking of the uh, producer from Cheers and Wings, which is so, a different James Burroughs. Okay, no so relation. So is, does he? Does it? Does your guy do anything else in comic books that would ring the bell? No, no, no. He, okay, he, you're right. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the director. So okay, we're good. All right. I'm sorry. Go on with what you're saying. Okay, so the uh, so we got together and we were working on the first issue of Simon and Kirby the Agent, and uh, then uh, Alan, uh, who was doing an alternate cover for us, was just doing a piece of art for us. Um, said, you know. I can, and he was doing a stylized piece. He said, I can do regular stuff too. And so I looked at his stuff and um, he started working on issue two. And Alan and Gilbert were done at the same time. So our first Kickstarter was issues one and two. And I'm sorry, what issue is this now? Is this number three? No, we're on number six. Great podcast that I am that pay attention to all these things. No, this is, this is our fourth year. Um, by the time when we're done with this Kickstarter, we'll have put out um, 32 comics in four years. Wow, I'm speechless. And I, I, that doesn't happen very often with my, even in real life here. Hold on. I, I want to pause. So I love that concept where people can bring their own characters in that. That reminds me, if, if you remember back during the end of the Bronze Age when they had adventure comics, where they had Dial H for Heroes. I remember with, Dial H for Heroes, and you could write in, and they would add your character to yes. the uh, DC comic. And that's always funny because I, I used to read that comic book, and they would say this one wacky character was created by Solo Cell in this area, and I always thought that was so cool. And that you're putting this into this uh, pledge thing—that is an awesome idea. I thought that is so cool and so wow. That, that is awesome. So, what else do you have um, as far as pledges go? I mean, some of the the rewards for a pledge. Well, we got we've got um, we've got six main titles. Uh, we've got uh, G-Man three and one, which is an anthology book with three stories. That's why it's three and one. Like Marvel two and one used to have two stories. Gotcha. Uh, we've got uh, I've got Lynx, which is the character I created thirty years ago when I had a comic shop. Uh, we had put together an ash can. We had planned on printing it, but um, my I believe the minimum print order at the time was a thousand copies, and. Um, I got divorced while I was uh, while we were working on this, and never, never, comic never, shop, a good, never a good time in life. <laughs> so, without the comic shop, I didn't think that I could move a thousand comics. I mean, I did conventions every weekend when I had the comic shop, but without the you know without the influx of new comics and and all of that, so I put it on the shelf. Um, and so we finally got that up and running. Now that I'm publishing comics, so that was real exciting. Um, we've got uh, Jim's comic Invictus, uh, which is basically our Superman, but uh, she's a black woman, uh, basically uh, physically modeled on Serena Williams. She's not like the skinny little, uh, you know. Yeah, I, 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 I think yeah, it's very. It's a uh, eye-catching cover. I've seen the picture of that. It's, it's very cool. I got a quick question. So sure. you decided after thirty years to write your own comic books. Is it as exciting and rewarding and fun and fanboy dream come true as you thought it would be? Or is it just, oh my gosh, this is a big pain? Or is it a mixture of both? No, if it was a big pain, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, this, this is this is a dream come true. My whole life, when I, I mean, when I was in uh, junior high, I read about Jim Shooter um, 
submitting to Legion of Superheroes when he was a teenager. Yeah. And so I submitted to DC when I was uh, when I was in junior high. And uh, I got a nice rejection letter from them. I also submitted to Marvel and got a nice rejection letter from them. I, and, I, got a, I wrote to Jim Shooter, and I've had it for years and years. I did the same thing, and I actually got a letter from Jim Shooter. I'm sure it was a... Um, you know, uh, just a copy that they did, but it was still cool to see, you know, some encouragement from the letter and, you know, signed Jim Shooter. And I, I can't remember how, how old I was. But I wasn't that old either. Yeah, writing comics has always been my dream, and here I am doing podcasting instead. But, no, I'm glad you really, really enjoyed it and are getting the opportunity to, to do that. Yeah. Um, it's just so, so cool. Uh, so... You've done these... Um, kids. In addition to that... Go, go on, yeah, go on. Yeah. Okay. In addition to that, um, you know, we've got uh, Tyrannus, which is our uh, Thunderlord, based on uh, Celtic uh, mythology instead of Norse mythology, and so it's a it's a different flavor, but uh, similar concepts. You have the uh, three and one, which is a, a grip on the Marvel. Do you have a lot of them little Easter eggs scattered throughout? You know, just besides the Simon and Kirby FBI agent, do you have those little Easter eggs thrown out for us older fans that are, you know. A little we, uh, older here. We do. Uh, we do some things. I mean, so I, the humor I put in the books um, are things that are, that I find funny, but they're all situational. That's not, you know, slapstick. It's not, you know, I try and put things in that I think are humorous or references that I think, uh, you know, would happen to me in real life. So, um, you know, I, I'm right with my own sense of humor there. Uh, we've done some homage covers uh, that mean something to me, but may not actually mean as much to the readers. Um, one of the uh, people, one, when they first started Comic Direct stores, uh, one of the first comics I ever got off the shelf was Bill Black's Fun Comics number four. I remember and Bill He Black. went on to do AC Comics. And yes. Pat Broderick uh, did the cover. And so not for this Kickstarter, but for the prior Kickstarter, Pat Broderick did a cover for us. Okay. And um, also we had a Bill Black cover, uh, Bill Black. Oh, cover. very cool. That's right. He did draw it one time. And he... so um, here we're going to uh, represent that Bill Black Fun Comics number four cover as a variant cover for uh, our, our Sergeant Flag comic. Uh, just it, it's a homage. It meant a lot to me. And so it may not mean as much to the fans. It's an older comic that, uh, you know, but still it meant a lot to me. And I'm a huge fan of the Mighty Crusaders. And I, can, we have another I, cover. I can see influences of that inside um, when I was looking at that. And for fans who don't know that, that was Archie's big superhero uh, group that they did throughout. But did they start in the 60s, like with the fly and that type of stuff? And then they just over time they, just expanded it and dropped it and added it and whatever. Well, Archie started in the 40s with their superheroes. Oh, I, and that's your right. the shield And the shield predates Captain America. That I did not know. Who, do you know who created the shield offhand? Yes. Um, it was uh, Harry Short and Irv Nova. I'm going to do a quick plug because actually I do my homework. And we're going to talk That was Pep Comics number one. I sh you, this man here, Rick, is like the one of the uh, experts because he wrote a MLJ companion for Tomorrow's Publishing, which I do have. And anything from Tomorrow's it was a fantastic buy, especially if you're interested in the history of comic books. And that's where you got, yeah, I was going over your stuff and like, kudos on that. That was, I love, I love that. Yeah, I wrote that with Paul Castiglia, who was also worked at Archie with me and uh, is a lo lifelong friend. 
uh, or you know, and um, and um, John Cook also uh, was on that with us. And um, that, guys, was, that was good fun. Kudos to you guys. That's a really great project because everybody thinks about you know Timely and Marvel and DC and don't always forget they forget about the other big publishers. You know, Two Marvels also had recently the Childhood Companion, which I'm sure you you have in your right. collection. Yeah, now. No, they do a whole series of companion books. Yes. Uh, when we did ours, we looked at the quality companion for uh, styles. Yes, Two Marvels um, are great. Yeah, but <laughs> sorry. Yes, and he's got he's like. We are running a Kickstarter here. Can we get back on topic? I'm like, okay. Uh, no, Rick. So you've done 10 Kickstarters. And I like no, to we've ask... No, we've done... This will be six. Oh, six, six. six. I'm sorry. You've done six Kickstarters. They've all been pretty good successfully run. How... What would be some of those do's and don'ts for somebody that's thinking, like, I want to do a Kickstarter. What kind of advice would you give people that are really seriously thinking about doing it? Not all Kickstarters do well, and you've done so many. And obviously, you know what you're doing. Well, I mean, it all depends, um, you know, but uh, it, what you're selling and, and what you want to do and what the quality of the work is. And, and there are a lot of factors there. But basically, I would build your audience before you launch the Kickstarter. I would, uh, you know, I would start with um, social, at least a social media presence and uh, maybe even a quick and easy website. You, you know, WordPress even offers you quick and easy websites that are prefabricated and they're free. Um but you want to get your stuff out there. You want people to see what you're going to do before you do it, because how do they know they want to give you their money for your project if they're not going to like it? And so I would suggest that there's a variety of uh, you know pieces that you should put out to show people what you're working on, what it looks like as you're building it, to give people some indication of what they might get. And um, I, I think that uh, the more prepared you are before launch, the better. In this case, all the books will be complete before we launch, except for the pages that the fans are going to be in. Okay. Um, now, are all these are some of these other issues from previous Kickstarters still available? All the oh. issues from the previous issues of Kickstarters will be available as add-ons. If you want to add on any comic that we published prior, you can add that on the Kickstarter. Um, at the moment, that is the only place to get our comics is through each of the Kickstarters. We do two Kickstarters a year, and so twice a year you get a chance to get our comics. Uh, one of the advantages of doing it this way for us is it cuts down on shipping for our readers. Do you guys? Have... You can bulk ship them. Well, yeah, that's... And, and not only that, the, the method that Kickstarter uses is that you got to run your campaign. So we'll run our campaign through the month of February. Then they don't fund for two weeks. So we won't get funded until mid-March. Then in mid-March, we pay the printer. Okay. And so our printer will then ship at the end of April. So okay. even if we had everything ready, we wouldn't be able to run the next Kickstarter till May. Okay. Do you guys do want to be 100% done with all the comics when we run the next Kickstarter? So although we're not there yet, the next Kickstarter will be in August. Okay. Do you guys do anything like a digital presence or you just strictly print? No, we do both. You get your choice of print or digital. Uh, okay. Some people prefer digital. Some people are, uh, and, and the younger fans are used to the digital and the older fans only want print. And, and so we have to kind of appeal to everyone. Uh, some people find that um, at, at a certain point, the comic collection takes over the home. And so, uh, yes. you know, they, they appreciate the digital, too, because the, the storage is uh, smaller. Got you. Rick Ovenberger, do you have anything else you want to add before you wrap this up this time around? Um, well, 
we we try and make sure that this is something fun for everyone. We've got a variety of add-ons. Uh, Gilbert, our art director, has his own comic we're adding on called Highlight, and uh, he's going to add forty of our backers to a crowd seat for free. Oh, that is very cool. Just add that on. It'll be a picture of your character in their secret identity, whatever they look like in normal life. But theoretically, that could be you, that could be your loved ones, that could be, uh, you know, whoever ben, you want it to be. You've got and some so, and that, you guys and that's, unique, very unique stuff that you got going. I'm yeah, really that's, that's, impressed. That's absolutely free. So he's going to have to draw that page after we get the backers. So that'll be the first 40 people who add that on. Uh, we've got uh, Total Eclipse coming out. That's one of our add-ons. Now, Eclipse was from Ron Foss in the 60s. And, really? Okay. Uh, yeah, and so we're representing that for the first time with working with uh, John Jennings, who got us in touch with the family. And so Ron Foss's family um, you know, is involved, and we're going to uh, re we're cleaning up all the art so that it looks clean for modern printing, and uh, we're reprinting that in its entirety. Um, with uh, Outrage, Outrage started in our anthology books and then went into the first issue. And so people who got the first issue didn't get the origin, just got the first story. And so we're doing a deluxe printing that'll have that first story again, plus the two prior stories, so that it all fits together into one story for people who didn't pick it up the first time. They may want to pick up the deluxe one instead. Um, we've got a book called G-Men Undercover which is going to be all our covers without the trade dress. Well, not all of them, but we we all picked out eight. And then Jim picked out a ninth. And so we put it on the inside back cover. Um, and so that's just some of our cover art from some of the people who did covers for us. And then we don't have a cover yet for the handbook because if you pledge to join the G-Men, not only is your character in the comic, not only is it in the handbook, it's also on the cover of the handbook. Do you... Did you put a lot of thought into all that, putting all that extra, like the handbook and, and characters and all that? I mean, that, that just blows my mind that you actually came up with that, that kind of idea. It, I mean, it's, had that been tossed in your head? Or just Did a light bulb just like go off? Well, I mean, I wanted to make this something that I would want to pledge to if I were looking at it. And so now I, I tried to include the bells and whistles that were important to us and the ones that weren't, weren't. Um, you know, other people have given out stickers and bookmarks and lots of lots of tchotchkes. But okay. and, and while it's cool when you open the package, I don't really use the bookmark. No. You know what I mean? I don't really have a place to put the sticker. So I tried to come up with ideas. There are things that I would actually want. Is this all ages? Would you consider it an all ages um, collection? Yeah. So um, our product is all Marvel friendly. You know, okay. I mean, basically, we we call it PG thirteen. Okay. Uh, but uh, you know, it's um, we we use the uh, you know we we use the symbols instead of having them square. We uh, you know don't show any nudity. We uh, you know we we make sure that even though there may be some blood in the violence, it's minimal and it's natural, like Conan level, as opposed to uh, you know. Yeah, the other stories out there. No, nothing gory. I mean, it's all designed. It, it's designed. It's the stuff that I used to read in the. Well, I mean, most of it's the stuff I used to read in the eighties, seventies, and eighties. Is that style um, a little more complex in the storytelling than the seventies stories? Uh, um, but it, it, it's designed for people who are basically enjoyed the comics then and um, are, are looking for something different than Marvel and DC are publishing today, or something additional that's different. 
I, before we wrap this up, I love being a Kickstarter now because there's, I'm always amazed at the amazing amount of products that are coming down the pipe. Rick Ovenberg, again, any last words before you wrap this up? Well, you can uh, take a look at our website. It's g-man-comics.com. And on the front page, there's a link to the Kickstarter. And so you can click there and be notified when it launches. You can also see all of our heroes and all of our villains. We have sections for that. You can read reviews and uh, videos of, you know, from other podcasts we've been on. And uh, you can get, you can see all the covers and all the titles we publish. So you can get a feel for what uh, you're looking at beforehand. I and, will have, uh, and I'll have all the information on the show notes too. So people can, you know, click on that and look around there. This, Rick, thank you very much for joining me this time thank around. You. This has been fun. I can't wait to see what you got going on. Rick Offenberg doing his Kickstarter campaign for G-Men Awaken. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you, a fantastic comic fan, at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you next time.